epic tales of mystery and magic to accounts of battle and empire from the verses of ancient poets to the masterpieces of our times a light on literature brings to life China's literary heritage and a look at the world in a new light Hi, I'm Huang Rei. And on today's A Light on Literature, we continue to present the book, The Sound of Salt Forming, short stories by the post-80s generation in China, published by the Foreign Language Teaching and Research Press in 2016. On today's show, we present you the final part of the story, Invisible Planets, written by Hugo Award winner Hao Jingfang. Previously on Invisible Planets. This scent makes every Lunatian delirious and causes tender feelings they have never had before to well up between them. For the first time, it makes them notice the attraction of the other, makes them want to share love, to come together and to pay their respects to one another. Then, beside the water, they give birth to a baby. The infant is carried away downstream into the basin under the waterfall, and they themselves separate and sink into the mud. Just like that, such a simple cycle becomes the entire meaning behind the Lunatians' travel and their lives. And this episode... Yan Yan Ni Regarding maturation... There are some very short tales I can tell. The first is Yen Yen Ni. The age of the Yen Yen Niites is always immediately apparent. Like the rings of a tree, they are always growing and they never stop. Growing taller, growing bigger, growing out the signs of their age. Every year, they are even loftier than before. The adults are a few times taller than the children and it is possible that between the young and the old, there will be a difference of quite a few feet. The oldest people are always a head taller than all the rest, towering solitarily over all. Because of this, in the world of the Yenyenites, there is practically no such thing as friendship knowing no age, and conversation with those of greatly differing age is a tiresome matter. After speaking for some time, those people craning their necks to look up, or bending to look down, will start to cramp up. What's more, the fact is that the Yen Yenyites of differing ages don't really have anything to talk about. Their houses are different sizes and the things they buy cost different prices. One can only see the other's waist, and no one can see the expression on the other's face. But Yen Yenyites can't live forever. Eventually they wake up and realise that their height hasn't changed. If this continues for a few days, they know they are about to die. They really aren't all that upset, as growing up is really such a toil. Many people feel worn out, so they find a satisfactory excuse to stop. Death is a very slow process, but no one can say for sure how long it takes. They've never calculated it, simply labelling the day when they stop growing as their oldest age. To them, 
time is the measurement of change and state. And when growth stops, time also stops. The tallest building on Yenyeni was built a century ago, at which time there was a uniquely long-lived man. Year after year, the crown of his head would bump into the ceilings of the grandest buildings, and so the Yenyeniites built a pagoda just for him. The area of the pagoda's base was the size of a small park. After he died, as no one else would ever live to be that old, the pagoda was split into two stories and turned into a national museum. It is said that the old man left a diary next to every window in the pagoda, recording the vicissitudes of his life. Later on, people climbed up ladders to get the diaries down and read them, but they were passed through so many different hands that they eventually drifted off to who knows where. So people today can only stand beside those yawning empty windows and conjecture as to how a man who could cross a river with a single step went about his daily life. You have been listening to Invisible Planets, a short story selected from the book The Sound of Salt Forming, short stories by the post-80s generation in China, edited by Song Gang and Yang Qingxiang, and published by the Foreign Language Teaching and Research Press. The author of the short story, Hao Jingfang, born in 1984 in Tianjin, is a science fiction writer. In 2016, she won the Hugo Award for Best Novelette for her science fiction, Folding Beijing. She works as a macroeconomics researcher at China Development Research Foundation. Tisuati and Luoti Kawuwu. Tisuati and Luoti Kawuwu make another pair of antonyms. These two stars, a hundred thousand light years apart, are the two halves of a dipole, opposing one another and shining on one another. The bodies of Tishuashans are smaller than the bodies of the residents of many other planets. Their skin is uniquely soft, and their bodies rapidly change form. This Lamarckian planet has developed genetic expression to an extreme, exceeding limits and compressing species variation into the short life of a single individual. Tishuashans can change at will. Those who practicing rock climbing will grow longer and longer arms, until their arms are even longer than the body. Machine operators can grow six arms, and a single worker is able to operate many different valve switches at the same time. People on the streets all look vastly different from one another. Anywhere you go, you can see mouths that take up half the face, slim waists that sway like noodles in the wind, and bodies covered from head to toe in hemispheres of layered keratin armor. These kinds of changes take place their entire lives. No one can tell from appearance who their parents are, and after enough time has passed, one's parents have a hard time picking their own child out from the crowd. It's just that saying at will isn't quite accurate, and not all Tishuashans can take on the form they choose. Often, they are still rather unclear in their own thinking, and they accidentally take a long step, or bump into someone, and suddenly feel their legs growing three times longer, or little spines sprouting out of their backs. A few years later, they will have become skilled warriors, standing on a pair of legs that can ascend a two-story building in one step, their entire bodies covered in rigid spikes. Because of this, most Tishuashans are much more cautious than people from other planets. 
They speak and act in careful circumspection, worried that one careless moment will change a grimace that they might make before bed into a face full of fearsome fangs the next morning, which will soon turn into a tumour with no hope of removal from then on out. On the crowded streets of Tisuati, you can see everyone's life and work at a single glance. And unfortunately, this is the only commonality shared with Lorti Kawubu. On Lorti Kawubu, people's appearances also vary greatly. There are runners, singers, foundry workers, thinkers, and so many other types. And the differences in various types of people can be seen clearly in the musculature, body type, height, and sense organs. The situation is very similar to that on Tizuati. However, on Lorti Kawubu, the course of life is completely different from that on Tisuati. This is a Darwinist planet, top to bottom opposed to any efforts related to the Lamarckian theory of use and disuse. On Lorti Kawubu, the rate of genetic mutation is very small. And change and differentiation based on random change and natural selection occur very slowly. Thus, because of a particular form of asexual reproduction, the cellular mutations of individual Lortikawuwuians can be expressed through inheritance. Those cells changing in the body generation after generation pass on their own life-serving convictions to the next individual without reservation. And thus, the changes of the parents are continuously passed on to the sons and daughters. Thus, the sons of ironsmiths are naturally stronger than others, and watchmakers' daughters are endowed with a superior vision and dexterous fingers from birth. After thousands of years of accumulation, this differentiation eventually evolves into differentiation that cannot be interbred, and every vocation becomes its own separate species. Some have even gone extinct. The fittest species continue to persevere and thrive. What holds together all of these different sentient species is language. It is only a common language and a common number of chromosomes that allow them to recognize their shared ancestral roots. Aside from this, they have nothing in common. No one envies another's work, just as a monkey doesn't envy a dinosaur. Birds have the heaven and fish have the ocean. They brush past one another in the same city and they have seen the other, but they haven't really seen anything at all. Tisuatians have carried out the process of evolution 10 million times over, but they've distanced themselves from true progress. Their embryos remain the same, plump and round, still in their original form. And Lorti Kawawu individuals happen to be just the opposite. Not one of them can feel differentiation or evolution, but in the great changes over months and years that turn mulberry fields into seas, they draw a series of wending lines. You're lying, you pout. How can there be two completely opposite systems in the same universe? How can't there, my lovely little princess? Nothing is impossible. A handful of small unintentional paces strung together become a system. Maybe now you smile a bit or crease your brow. In the future, these will have two different outcomes and will become two different systems. But now, how can you know this? Is that how it is? You ask, as you thoughtfully tilt your head, not speaking for some time. Looking at your face, I smile softly. The swing you are sitting on sways gently, creating a subtle breeze that blows the wisps of hair at your temples back and forth. Actually, the answer to the question is the manner of reproduction. It's just that this answer is too dull 
and I don't want to tell you. You know, the real key doesn't lie in whether I'm telling the truth or not. It lies in whether or not you believe. From beginning to end, the conductor of the stories is not the mouth, but the ears. You have been listening to Invisible Planets, a short story selected from the book The Sound of Salt Forming, short stories by the post-80s generation in China, edited by Song Gang and Yang Qingxiang, and published by the Foreign Language Teaching and Research Press. The author of the short story, Hao Jingfang, born in 1984 in Tianjin, is a science fiction writer. In 2016, she won the Hugo Award for Best Novelette for her science fiction, Folding Beijing. She works as a macroeconomics researcher at China Development Research Foundation. Tinkatwa. Only on Tinkatwa do the mouth and ears achieve their greatest existential significance. For Tinkatwaites, speech is not a way of passing time, it is a necessity of life. Nothing on Tinkatwa is particularly special, other than its thick atmosphere, which is impenetrable to light. The planet's surface is a sheath of darkness. Life on the sultry, dense surface of Tsinkator is born in the organic tidal floods, gathers energy from magma flows, and lives on without end in the subterranean heat of volcanic fire. To the Tsinkatoites, burbling calderas of the sun, the dwelling place of the gods, and the source of energy and knowledge, Outside of the mouths of the volcanoes, they can find the eternally regenerating Sitayanyin candy, which is what they eat, their life source. Tsinkatwites have never had light-sensing organs. They have no eyes. They use sound to find one another, and their ears can not only hear, but they can also observe. Of course, speaking more precisely, they don't actually have ears. Instead, they use their bodies to feel everything. Their entire upper body is covered with ladder-shaped membranes, each sheet of which is covered in thousands of fibers of varying lengths that resonate with different sonic frequencies. The phase difference noted by each membrane will then be processed by the brain to determine the location of the sound source. Not only does it calculate distance, but it can also determine the shape of the object. Because of this, Tinkatwaites speak ceaselessly every single day and ceaselessly listen to the speech of others. They emit sound to sense the existence of others and to make their existence known to them. They cannot be silent. If they are silent, they are in danger. Silence makes them afraid. Only by constantly speaking are they able to confirm their location for others, to confirm they are still alive. They strive to speak loudly because this will make them more apparent, easier to be sensed by others. Sometimes children are born with damage to their voice boxes, and it seems that because of this, they are unable to survive. A single careless moment and they'll be knocked to the ground by some big person charging about, and other people won't even know that there was such a child. That's too tragic. Why do your stories get shorter and shorter, each one more tragic than the last? Tragic? Is it that the stories I tell are tragic, or are the stories you hear tragic? Is there a difference? Of course there is. I've also been to another planet, 
The people there can produce 10,000 different frequencies of sound, but they can only hear a small fraction of them. The sensitivity of their ears can't keep up with the vibrations of their throats, so people are always hearing less than what they are saying. What's most interesting of all is that the frequencies that people sense are all slightly different, so while they all think they are hearing the same song, a thousand people are actually hearing a thousand different songs, but no one knows it. You're teasing me. Where could a place like that be? You bite your lip, eyes as wide as saucers. I'm getting suspicious. Have you really been to those planets? You just made them up to make me happy, didn't you? My beloved princess... Starting with Othello, every knight has used tales of far-flung wonder to move the lady of his heart. Can you tell which are true and which are false? In my travels through these planets, I'm like Marco Polo, and the cities he visited, just like Kublai Khan and the far-flung lands beneath his blade, switching in the blink of an eye. You might say I've really been there, and you might say I've never left. The planets I speak of are scattered about every corner of the universe, but there are also times when they suddenly gather together, and it's as if they were all united all along. Hearing this, you giggle. I get it. They are all gathered in your stories, and now you've told the stories to me, and they're gathered in my mind, right? I look at you and smile softly, sigh quietly to myself, a sound that is enough to bring calm, and you can't extract any clues from my smile. What can I say, and how can I tell you? Stories can't gather anything at all if they are doomed to separation. Yes, I say quietly, we've sat here and told stories for a whole afternoon. And we've had a whole universe. It's just that this story isn't the only one I told you. On this afternoon, you and I are both storytellers and audience. You have been listening to Invisible Planets. A short story selected from the book, The Sound of Salt Forming. Short stories by the post-80s generation in China, edited by Song Gong and Yang Qingxiang, and published by the Foreign Language Teaching and Research Press. The author of the short story, Hao Jingfang, born in 1984 in Tianjin, is a science fiction writer. In 2016, she won the Hugo Award for Best Novelette for her science fiction, Folding Beijing. She works as a macroeconomics researcher at China Development Research Foundation. Jinjialin Jinjialin is the last planet I'll be telling you about today. The story is very short. It will be told in an instant. Jinjialinians are shaped differently from the denizens of any of the other planets I've told you about. Their bodies are like soft balloons or, like jellyfish, floating around in the air, diaphanous and malleable. The surfaces of Jinjialinian's bodies are composed of cell membranes that are almost liquid. They aren't completely permeable, but if they come into contact with one another, they can merge and then separate again. When two Jinjialinians come into contact with one another, parts of their bodies briefly merge, and the substances inside mix together before the two bodies separate once again. So Jinjialinians are not all that concerned about their own limbs. They themselves can't really say what portion of their bodies has come from people they've come into contact with. They figure that as long as they are still themselves, trading some substance doesn't matter. 
However, they don't really know that in fact the preservation of self is really just an illusion. In that moment of merging, the original two individuals no longer exist. They become a complex and then separate into two new individuals. The new individuals are unaware of what came before their union. They just think they are themselves and that nothing has changed. Do you know, after telling you these stories, after you've heard me tell these stories, I am no longer me and you are no longer you. On this warm afternoon, in this merging of time, from now on, ourselves both have some of the other in them, even if we forget all about this conversation. You're saying that your story of Jinjalin is really our planet? Our planet? Which one do you mean? Which planet ever belonged to us? Or which planet do we belong to? And don't ask me for the coordinates of those planets. Those digits are the oldest proverbs of the universe. They are the empty space between your fingers. You can reach out your hand and take hold of them. But when you open it up again, it will be absolutely empty. You and I have met with them at the same point in space-time and then drifted apart again. In the end, we are just travellers, singing nebulous songs, wandering about the pitch-black sky. And that is all. You know that they sing in the wind, in a far-off homeland, they sing in the wind. What you just heard was the final part of the story, titled Invisible Planets, from the book The Sound of Salt Forming, short stories by the post-80s generation in China, published by the Foreign Language Teaching and Research Press in 2016. Invisible Planets features a range of unique planets with their distinctive residence. One of the planets in the story has a beautiful landscape with happy people habitually telling lies. Meanwhile, another planet has inhabitants who appear open to all sorts of new ideas but never really accept any. At the same time, yet another planet is ruled by two species that depend on each other but never get to know about each other's existence. The story is full of insight, imagination, and metaphors of human society. Join us again next time on A Light on Literature for the last story titled Rough Guest Couple. I'm Huang Rei. See you next time. You have been listening to Invisible Planets, a short story selected from the book The Sound of Salt Forming, short stories by the post-80s generation in China, edited by Song Gong and Yang Qingxiang, and published by the Foreign Language Teaching and Research Press. The author of the short story, Hao Jingfang, born in 1984 in Tianjin, is a science fiction writer. In 2016, she won the Hugo Award for Best Novelette for her science fiction, Folding Beijing. She works as a macroeconomics researcher at China Development Research Foundation. From epic tales of mystery and magic to accounts of battle and empire 
from the verses of ancient poets to the masterpieces of our times. A Light on Literature brings to life China's literary heritage and a look at the world in a new light. What are folks talking about in the most populous country in the world? What is it really like living in China? What does that have to do with you and the rest of the globe? Grab a seat at the round table and find out what's cracking from the hottest English discussion show coming straight out of China. Find us at Round Table China on your favorite podcast platform. We'll see you there. Put down that lengthy book spanning thousands of years, and instead follow the Makers and Shakers of Chinese History podcast, which presents the biographies of twenty historic figures who shaped the course of ancient China. Meet the most renowned ancient Chinese rulers, ministers, thinkers, scientists, poets, and rebels, and find out how they continue to influence the Chinese to this day. Subscribe to Makers and Shakers of Chinese History for free on your favorite podcast app.